Okay, I I knew that you and Josh were going or whatever. Yeah, I just you know yeah, yeah. sometimes people forget things like I forget everything you do. So right, I've come to accept any of the shit I say. Nobody remembers or gives a fuck about. So I give a life. fuck. I give a fuck and remember, mm-hmm. but my my life. And I'm not saying in a bad way. It's like become really complicated lately where I have to remember like 9,000 things. And all the stuff is just going like in one ear and right out the other anymore. Everything. Right. So I'm getting bad. Well, I've, I've been, I notice I've been getting worse. And we'll, as we uh, discussed on the main show, this is uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark 246. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as we've discussed in the main show, I had to have you take lead on Krypton because okay. I know I watched the last two episodes, but when I watched the most recent episode, I didn't remember the previous episode. Okay. That makes any sense. That does make total sense. I remember it like we recorded it moments ago. Right. But, well, no, the Krypton stuff. But then I watched Swamp Thing mm-hmm. um, feverishly both episodes as soon as I got the opportunity to do so. And those I remember much more vividly. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. So it's like certain things are sticking easier than others, you know? Right. Right. But we were talking about the Dropbox unrelated to these two things. So we had the public folder where, uh, I would put the books, right? Mm hmm. And then I had to clear it out because there was other stuff that we needed to share for the show. Right. Okay. I got you. All right. And then I needed to clear it out because then there was other stuff that I needed to share with the fancy gentleman for the other show. Right. A whole lot of sharing going on. Right. And that was a much larger file. So that's why I had to clear everything out. So I was just like, fuck it. We'll just use this folder since we're already moving stuff back and forth here. Mm -hmm. And then you had mentioned... That like, hey, I don't know why you're keeping these other files in here. I don't need them anymore, but I don't have access to do so. Right. So then I then I looked, and for some reason, that folder, which we'd always used before to share stuff for the show, there mm-hmm. were permissions that I couldn't reset to other people because recently Dropbox has done something where to have multiple people share or have um some sort of privileges you needed to upgrade it to a business account okay that costs money we don't like giving money away but then we had the separate long box heroes folders that we had always used right that as a matter of fact i didn't even know how i got studebaker set it up for us when we started right for me anyway like you i don't know but like because if if you remember back when studebaker was editing the show it was a folder where he had access to it, you had access to it, I had access to it. Right. Because we had to throw our files in there for him to edit. Yes. So he was the one who set it up. We dropboxed it to him, and then he would do his magic. Mm-hmm. Magic in quotes. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, okay, well, I know Todd has access to this folder, so I'm just going to put the things that he and I need to share there. And if there's stuff that I need to share at the Fancy Gentleman... I'm just going to put that stuff in the public folder. Okay. So that's why that little thing happened there with the Dropbox and everything else like that. And then I haven't been updating it with the other stuff for the show just because I'm lazy and I've been on vacation. 
Yes. Which makes sense. Well, I'm always lazy, even when I'm not on vacation, but I'll allow you to be lazy because vacation. But now that you're back, strict worth ethic for you, Joe. I forget how I think I was mentioning to Ken Cannon because while I was away, there was like, you know, wrestling news and comic book news and this sort of news and that sort of news and all the damn podcasts that I listen to. The one thing that came out of this uh, vacation is I dropped like four podcasts. Well, that's good. I'm just like, I'll never get caught up on that. I'll never get caught up on that. I'll never get caught up on that. They're just done. Mm-hmm. But it was like the little shorty ones that were, and again, shorty ones, they were like an hour and a half long. The ones oh. that are five to seven hours long, no, 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 I'm sticking with those ones. Okay. So it was like, I got to update all those podcasts. Um, and you, you had said you were going to call in on the Pod Van Dam hotline and you didn't, or they didn't play your message? I did not call in, but because I did end up listening to the, you know, that, that wonderful, uh, Twitter handle that is a Todd's wrestling told me like, listen here. And I did. And I was like, okay. And I don't have the number anymore. Like like when I was going to do it, I was like, Oh, I, I'm going to call in. I talked to you. And I'm like, well, I'm looking for the number. And then there was no way I was trying to search. I was going to search it, but I'm like, do I just punch in, you know, the, the pod Van Dam and number, because I can't put the numbers in because I don't know what they are, then I wouldn't have to search them if that makes any sense. And I'm like, yes. well, if I'm going to do it, I'll just, if, if I remember, I'll ask Joe for the number. And if I forget, oh, well, is the world really at a loss that I didn't call into Pod Van Dam? Uh, for me, it was. Okay. I, I would have enjoyed uh, your call. Well, I don't know if they still do the number thing. So They do. Uh, okay. Their podcast used to be much shorter, but now that they've added the voicemail, mm-hmm. it's like half the show is the show, and then the other half of the show is voicemail. So you're saying we could outsource the show if I get a voicemail, so we won't have to do as much work? No, that just means our show will now be doubly as long. Oh, see, I figured we could cut out a lot of stuff if nope. we just use the voicemail. Oh, okay. So I won't do that then. Uh, but I, I mentioned it in Canada. I'm like, I got to go home. I got to download all my podcast. Oh, I got to unpack. I got to download all my podcasts. My plan actually was to mow the lawn when I came home from vacation because we got home at a reasonable time on Friday. Right. And then I was going to go up to the uh, bazaar by my house and get p- potato pancakes. Mm-hmm. But it's like we got everything in the house. We got stuff unpacked and the stuff that needed to be sent to be washed and everything, like, you know, brought downstairs to be washed and put away and everything else like that. I'm like, all right, what are we doing now? Torrential downpour. So I'm like, well, I'm sure they're not going to have the potato pancake stand open. You never know. No, as I understand from my stooges, they did not. I don't know if it was tented or anything, so... Mm. Some of it was tented, but I, if I remember correctly from my years past going there, uh, it was not. But one of the things that I'm like, I have to do is I have to update the site, the Tumblr, with all the podcast episodes. Okay. So, like, I'm doing that, like, Friday night. And I'm like, okay, I got to watch this, and I got to watch that for the show. And, like, we had a Swamp Thing and a Krypton to watch. A double Swamp Thing Krypton. Well, I watched the Krypton of the Swamp thing before I left, you know, the ones from last oh, week. Oh, okay. I I, I'm confused. Yeah, on, yeah. I thought you were saying you were coming back. I'm, I'm, I got you now. But then, like, I had to, you know, make sure you watched Swamp Thing as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of coming full circle with that. 
Right, because you were trying to get me to do a bumper at one point for the show. And I was like, yeah, I'm not running oh, right yeah, into this. I forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. Because you were like, you sent it, and then I was doing stuff, and you're like, that was my favorite thing. Is like, I'll t- uh, I'm going out. Maybe we have to record a bumper. I'm going outside. I'll text you when I get back in. An hour later, two hours later, three hours later, I'm like, he must have died cutting the grass. <laughs> I, I, well, what ha- what happened was I'd come back in and I didn't see a response or like the response I saw from you was like okie dokie, which is the Todd response. Right, which is you'll get back to me when you right. come in the house. So I'm like, okay, there's there's if he's I'm get I'm getting back to you it, like shortly after. There's nothing I can add because you're gonna read it when you get back in and you're supposed to get back to me and we'll talk. So I was like, what I'm gonna write, uh, you know, a soliloquy <laughs> in text form. But go ahead. Okay. You saw, okay, I thought I lost you. No, so oh, so okay, so I was looking at that there. Um, right. So when I got back, yeah, it was about two and a half hours later when I'd gotten got in from mowing the lawn. I passed out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'd said, "Can we do something tomorrow night?" And that was so. This was Friday, last Friday. Right, and I my Saturday was like book saw because we were going out to eat early, and right, then I was right. going out to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right, right. Which was two and forty two hours and forty five minutes. So I'm like, yeah, either we're doing it at midnight or early because I'm going to be gone for seven hours. Mm-hmm. So how was the uh, new Tarantino film? It was really good. And I was talking with my cousin. My cousin came in the other day from Florida, and he was like, he wanted to talk about it. And my other cousin asked for a a, spoil, a one word spoiler review, spoiler free review. And my cousin did it perfectly. He goes, "It's very like scenic," and I was like, "That's a good way to put it." Because without telling you any part of the story, Tarantino plays a lot with the '60s Hollywood like driving and the visuals and what it looks like to the point where he probably could have cut a half hour out of the movie to like, like putting some stuff on the floor with all that stuff The and the, the plot there's, there's almost no plot to the movie. It just, it, it, it's interweaving stories that really don't seem to go together. And then somehow like kind of come together at the end. And I'm like, Hmm, you really needed uh, to do like a few more drafts to bring this together. But he's Tarantino now. I only have one more flick to do because I can only do 10 and blah, blah, blah. And he's become real pretentious and nobody's going to, you know, he doesn't have any, nobody's saying no to Tarantino. So I do believe someone needed to go, you know, Tarantino, you need to, you need to clean this up a little bit. But otherwise it was amazingly shot amazingly acted uh just it was a great movie i just feel when i walked out of there i don't want to say anything because you have to see it first um where i don't want to mess with anything any of your expectations or anything you're going to see but when you're done i i do i want to talk to you about this movie because i have problems with certain things that if i tell you about it then i just ruined whole scenes if that makes any sense well here's here's the deal Mm -hmm. um I'm not going to get a chance to see this movie. Okay. 
But I will admit that knowing that, I did watch the Red Letter Media review of it. Okay. And just to show you how out of the woods I was on this film, like, this was, like, this is one of those deals where, you know, we talk about all the time in the comic book show that um, when it comes to a book like Jason Aaron or Ed Brubaker or whatever it is, just tell me the title and tell me the date and I'll be there. Right. Comic books, I get, uh, comic books are a little bit easier for me to get than, like, for, for me to be able to steal away, you know, three plus hours to go watch a movie by myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Hang on one second. I'm being paged. Okay. Yes. You're on the air. Hi. Can I help you, sir? Um, I'm looking for the big blue pool. I don't know where it is. Wasn't it in the living room? Could it be underneath the couch? Remember we were sticking the sword in it to use? Okay. Very important information. Very very important interruption. What was he looking for? The giant pool noodle that we were using to stick his Nerf swords in and hit each other with. Well, you you priorities, son. Right, but that was like two or three days ago, so... Now that's using your noodle. Right. <laughs> so where I was going with this was, like, I'm like, okay, I, I, I want to see it. It didn't pan out. Um, I actually was going to steal away that Friday night when you said you were going to see it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was going to try to sneak out of work on Saturday and go see it. But we had a bunch of stuff to do before we left for vacation. So I'm like, okay, I'm never seeing it. What I was getting to was how out of the woods uh, I I was about this movie. And spoilers for the new Tarantino movie uh, entitled Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was the angle regarding the Manson family about it. Yes. That was... So, that I didn't was know right. if that was in the trailers. I didn't know if that was in the marketing or any of that. I don't remember how much of it, it was in the marketing. But it blew up when... Tarantino said he was making a movie that involved the Manson family and Sh- and Sharon Tate and everybody went ape shit because they were like well you know everybody knows how violent Tarantino movies can be and they're like like this is something that like you do and if you're going to do a gory representation of the murder on screen they still have family members who are alive and it blew up it like blew up in his face and like I going into this, I was thinking too. I'm like, man, you really can't. You have to be careful with this. Like, how is he gonna do this? And it, but it was such a small part of the movie when you watch it. As a matter of fact, uh, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate, she barely has any lines in the movie. She just what? does a lot of dancing and like goes <laughs> to see herself in a movie. And it's cool because they actually use Sharon Tate footage from the movie. And I'm like, this is bizarre. But all in all, that's such a small part of the movie. So I was thinking this, I was going in like, I don't know how they're going to do this. And it really turned out to be the friendship between Brad Pitt and what's his face, DiCaprio. Right. So, but I didn't mean to derail you. Sorry. No, no. I th- so I think that's what I thought the movie was about. Like two aging, like two different actors and their friendship in 60s Hollywood or something like that. You know, that's mm-hmm. all I thought the movie was about. Um, and as I understand it, you know, the, the Red Letter Media guys do a, a very good job of the review of the movie, but also some of the 
critiques of the movie and some of the stories that are going on around the movie, specifically, I guess, the movie's original date, because typically Tarantino is not a summer movie release guy. Right. He's usually like a festival circuit award season release guy. Mm-hmm. And the original projected date was right around the time of the anniversary of the murders. Right, the 50th anniversary, I think. Right, and I guess because of that backlash that you mentioned, they moved it to a different date. That I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. Right, and then I guess they did a panel at San Diego or some sort of other convention about it Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're like, it's... Brad Pitt, it's DiCaprio, it's Margot Robbie, it's Tarantino on the panel, and they're take fielding questions, and a reporter or someone brings up to Tarantino about his portrayal of women in the movie, especially how Margot Robbie only has, like, three lines in the movie, mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt and DiCaprio are just sitting there, not no-selling it, and Tarantino goes off on this guy. I heard about this, but I didn't yes. see any of it. But Tarantino has a history of that. He's a hothead. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was all that. And Margot Robbie's just sitting there and, like, she's about to say something to kind of defend whatever. And Tarantino just, like, walks all over. Oof. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, do with that what you will, you know? hmm Yeah. But, like I said, it's a really good movie. But they do something that only works once for me. Like, when you see this movie, something happens, and you're like, okay. But you'll never, like, that's a that's a, that's a get you once. You can't do that again when I see this movie. I don't know how to explain it, because I don't want to spoil too much. I don't know how, I don't know how much they gave away in they the They gave away the movie. whole thing. They get the whole, the whole Megillah, that it's an alternate universe? Yes. Right. So, basically, yes. So, what happens, the whole, to me, the whole take on the movie is, at the end... Because this wash-up actor who's DiCaprio, his like his career's on the downslide, and he has this friend who's a stunt coordinator who's been like with him the run of the thing, and this is they they tell their story uh, about how the Tates and and uh, Roman Polanski move in next door to him uh, to DiCaprio, and then the story goes from there, and we don't even really see a lot of that. We just see a party at one point. We see like a little bit of an explanation from Steve McQueen of, of like who people that are. And then everything else is, is these two people, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And as it goes on, uh, something happens where DiCaprio is like, I think my career is over. You're going home, blah, blah, blah. And it's the night of the murder and the guys come up and they end up seeing DiCaprio come out of his house, tell him, get the hell out of here. And they're like, Maybe we should kill DiCaprio's character because he was a gunslinger in this TV show and he's what what spawns violence is these TV shows and it'll be a great message if we kill him. And he goes in and Brad Pitt ends up, him and him, just murder everybody. They don't get a, like, you know, a lick on them. They all die horribly, the, the Manson family that shows up there. And then he uh, DiCaprio gets invited to the mansion to see Sharon Tate. She never dies, pregnant, never dies. And it seems like he's going to get a job because he talked about how he'd love to be in a Roman Polanski movie. And he's going to get a job and he's going to get in with this click and everything. And it ends with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And to me, the whole thing is, it's a fairy tale story. Everybody lives, well, except for the Manson family, happily ever after. And I'm like, that's really great. But this story's very disjointed, doesn't lead anywhere because there's a lot of just, here's a day in the life of DiCaprio, a day in the life of Brad Pitt. And then it just happens. And I'm like, 
I don't know what you were trying to do here other than the fairy tale story. And it's all intriguing, but it just doesn't come together for me, if that makes any sense. You're like, you, you, you could have put this together and made this interweave a lot better. And you, and you just didn't. So I don't know. I, I liked it. It was beautiful, but it's not my, it's maybe my least favorite of the, the Quentin Tarantino movies. And I've seen every one of them, but Death Proof, mm-hmm. Jackie Brown, and Django. Or however oh. you say it, I don't know. Django. You have a, uh, I think you would enjoy Jackie Brown. Which is funny because of the two people you podcast with, yes. me and the fancy gentleman, the fancy gentleman's like Jackie Brown is the worst out of the Quentin Tarantino movies, and you're like it's the you know it's really good out of the Quentin Tarantino movies. So I'm like, I don't know. I I, I want to see it someday and make my own decision and see what hill I'll die on with each year. <laughs> Well, okay, so I'll say this. I'm a basic bitch when it comes to these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Love Pulp Fiction, love Reservoir Dogs. Fair enough, me too. Two of the okay. best. Good. Two of the best films, some of Tarantino's best. I haven't seen Hateful Eight yet, and I haven't seen this one, but I've seen everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death Proof is uneven. I get what he, Tarantino was going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could skip that one. You're fine. Which I just want to say that was the hardest one to get to see because it was, I think we may even discuss this on the, on here or at least somewhere else is I didn't want to see it separately. I wanted to see the two together and have the experience. But when you went to the movies, it was like, Hey, we're only showing this twice a day at the local movie establishment because it's two movies and you could either start it at two 30 or three o'clock and go to nine yeah, and I'd be like, all right, so I eat, I eat lunch and then I'm starving in the theater. Or I could go to see it at 9 or 10 and get out of the, the movie theater at 4 in the morning. And I know I'm exaggerating, but I'm like, it just never was able to. And then they never put it out for the longest time as the coherent like two-parter. And I was like, yeah. well, I don't want to watch Death Proof and what was the other one? Uh, the- uh, Planet Terror. Planet Terror. I'm like, I wanted to see those the way it was intended. So I don't know if I'll ever see Death Proof, if that, but... You're okay. Exactly. Uh, Django Unchained is good. You'll enjoy mm-hmm. it, I think. Right. Um, trying to think what else um, you would mention. Like I said, I haven't seen Hateful Eight. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time. Hateful uh, Eight, I enjoyed. I think it's not the. It's it's okay. It's really because it all takes place pretty much in one cabin, and I'm like, yeah, this is some of the twists and stuff. I'm like, I don't care about. But uh, it's an okay. It's not his best. It's not his worst. Right. So. Uh, Jackie Brown's biggest problem was is that it came out after Pulp Fiction. You don't Nothing want to could be follow movie. Pulp Fiction. Exactly. You don't want to be the movie that comes out after Pulp Fiction. You want to be the movie that comes out after the movie that comes out after Pulp Fiction. And that's the thing. I think people, it was kind of marketed almost as a Pulp Fiction type movie. Right. Um, it, it was like a Christmas release. It got this huge push from it. And it was good. But I think people wanted to see Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. again, but they got something different. It's more close to like a black exploitation film, but not so much as a black exploitation film, but more of like a slow burn type movie from the seventies, mm-hmm. like a Dog Day Afternoon sort of thing. Okay, I've never seen that, but I get what you're saying. Right, like, and I don't want to say something like Taxi Driver because it's not like Taxi Driver in right. any way, shape, or form, other than the fact that De Niro's in it. 
let's put it this way it's not a lot it's not a it's not like a lot of movies especially pulp fiction right and that's the thing that was its biggest thing was it's right. not like pulp fiction i love jackie brown the, the soundtrack rocks all the performances are great mm-hmm. um you know it was one of those things where this was if it didn't follow pulp fiction um people like um and again i can't Robert Forrester, I think his name is, who's like the male lead. Um, Pam Greer, uh, Michael Keaton is in the movie, and I think they would have had a bigger career resurgence, kind of like Travolta did out of Pulp Fiction, if Jackie Brown came like two years after Pulp Fiction as opposed to a year after Pulp Fiction, or whatever the time frame was, you know what I I mean? I, I get what you're saying. I mean, to, like to equate it to like I, I'll joke aside football, and I said it before with uh, the movies. Like you don't like if you have an all-star quarterback, you don't want to be the quarterback who who plays after he retires because right. it's just there's too much pressure, there's too much weight, and everybody always says that you want to be the quarterback after the all-star quarterback. You want that buffer, that 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 sorbet to clean the palate, right? Because everybody's going to equate you to to Pulp Fiction, and you can't Pulp Fiction. Is a movie like, and I know we've discussed this before. It is when I saw that for the first time, I had never seen anything like it, and it changed the, a lot of the ways like movies were were viewed. It's one of the few movies that changed cinema, which you don't you don't really see a lot. And I and you just and I think that might even be why I didn't see Jackie Brown, if that makes any sense. Like I'm just like uh, like I don't know <laughs> like. Because sometimes I, I get that way when it comes to, like, big movies and then the, the following movie afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, we didn't – I don't know if you had mentioned Kill Bill. Of course, I'm sure you saw Kill Bill 1 and 2. Right, right which I think he he counts as one movie when it comes to his pompous 10, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm talking about when I say his pompous 10, right? I do. Right. Which we don't even know if he's going to do because if he does that – if he does that Star Trek movie, then he's he might break his own rule. Did you hear about that? Because he's um, my, I, I think it's because he's just directing it. He's not writing and directing it. I heard he was writing some of it too. I'm sure. Again, it's a Tarantino movie. I'm sure he's going to do whatever. You know, because right. in an interview he said, "Well, if I direct this movie or whatever, then technically it's my tenth movie. But maybe I can get out of it with a loophole because it's a franchise movie and not one of like my created ideas. But then maybe I'll just have to stick to my ten, stick to my guns, and end my career on a Star Trek movie. And I'm like, you know what? Just get to your tenth movie." Like, yeah. I, like I'm at that point where when you were like, you lose your talent after a certain age. I'm like, yeah, people do lose their edge in anything as they get older, blah, blah, blah. But you're real, like you're young enough that you still got a head on your shoulders and 10 movies and you're out. I don't want to see you go. Then I saw Once Upon a Time in, in, in Hollywood. And I'm like, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I'm like, eh, okay, you're slipping. And then the, the Star Trek quote, I'm like. Make your 10 and I don't need to see anymore. <laughs> I'll have Pulp Fiction. I'll have the other movies. I'll have Inglorious Bastards, which is probably my second favorite of his stuff. Um, even though I do really like Reservoir Dogs. But I can't watch Reservoir Dogs anymore because the scene at the end where I do think Quentin Tarantino literally stuck uh, Tim Roth, was it? With a bunch yeah. of knives to get him to bleed out so he'd actually look terrible during that scene while he was dying. There are a few scenes that bother me. That's one of them where I'm like, he's actually killing that man to get this, to get him to look like that. Ugh, but yeah, In, Inglorious Bastards is probably my second favorite. 
of what I saw, mm-hmm. I would have to say controversial Kill Bill 1. I'm not grouping them together as two, you know, one movie. But they're one movie, Joe. They're not. In his pompous 10, they're one movie. And that's my problem with Kill Bill Volume 1. Okay. Is that because he could have made, he could have cut both of those movies down and made one one amazing movie, Mm -hmm. but he made one amazing movie and one watered down second half. And I say, similar to Jackie Brown, and just to correct myself from before, uh, Jackie Brown came out uh, three years after Pulp Fiction, but again, it was his next movie, right? Which it was still in the theaters, in dollar theaters, for like a year and a half after <laughs> right. it came out. So. All right. Kill Bill Volume 2's biggest problem is following Kill Bill Volume 1. If it was released, and he just said, screw it, I'm releasing this whole thing as this big giant epic, either show it or don't. I'm Quentin Tarantino, do what I say. Right. I think people would have eaten it up because it would have been that epic, right? Right. But the fact that you're talking a year apart between the two movies and the tone changes so wildly and there's parts that kind of linger a little bit in the second one where the first one has a long running time, but it moves, man. There's there's like one spot where it slows down, but other than that, like it's literally... The part where uh, uh, Uma Thurman's on the motorcycle and she's at, at the stoplight and she's looking in the car, right? Right. Like, that's literally the moment where the, the, the film literally slows down. Other than that, it's just a breakneck speed. It's a breakneck pace. And it's this great homage to all those things. And th- the thing is, both of those movies, there's scenes in Kill Bill Volume 2 that reference scenes that were cut out of Volume 1. Mm-hmm. It's, See, that it, I forget. Yeah, well, and again, I like this was the era when I had nothing in my life, and I I could kind of envelop myself into like all the minutia of the Kevin or the Kevin Smith, Jesus Christ, the, the 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 Quentin Tarantino movies. Like I have the script books of all of these movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's the sort of madman I was, but you know, as I become more of an adult and like, oh, I have a kid on the way, I need to stop this sort of nonsense, you know. Right. Ah, uh, that being said. Uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 is my favorite of his movies. Really? Even over Pulp? Then Pulp Fiction, then Reservoir Dogs. I'll throw, uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards in there next. No, Jackie Brown above Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill Volume 2 there, and then Death Proof at the bottom. No, Django and then Death Proof. Okay. And like I said, I haven't seen Hateful Eight or Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I make my list, but I know it's probably Pulp Fiction, then Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I don't know after that because they start to... I haven't seen some of them in so long, so I don't know. I just know that anytime I, anybody asks me if you know anything about Italian, I say I speak it the best and just say Bone Journal, and that's it. That's my, my favorite thing, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, again, we've been apart. I can get into more stuff, but we need to put a bow on this. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Sorry. We went off on a side tangent. No, it's okay. Believe me, because... Well, I'm not even going to say it. I'll, I'll say it off mic so that maybe we'll burn it before we record the other show. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, longboxheroes.com, of course. Uh, support us through the Amazon link. You can also support us through Patreon. 
Uh, a buck will get you a bunch of extra stuff while I was away on vacation. Like, since we had it in the can already, uh, I put the main show up, like, two days early. And then I put Ad Odds with Wrestling up two days early for the $1 and $5. If anything like this happens again where I'm away and we have stuff in the can for, like, a week in advance, I'll probably do that there. Either way, $5 a month will get you the early access to the After Darks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This was episode 246 of Longbox 